Hey everyone, good evening. Fun fact, it's my birthday and I have made it an annual tradition since I turned 30 to spend my birthday, my actual birthday, by myself. It's an opportunity to just turn off all notifications. Yes, my husband is aware exactly where I am. <laughs> made sure to prep him and I've been doing this for six years now. I just turned 36 and I got to tell you, having an entire day to yourself where you are not like bothered by notifications and it's just a day for you, for it to be whatever you want it to be and to just be with yourself is awesome. And I often use this time for deep reflection and gratitude and prayer. And this year is no different. This year is no different. In case you're wondering, traditionally in the six years of me doing this, I will get an Airbnb or a hotel for two nights, the night before my birthday and the night on my birthday so that I can have a full day. I can wake up to myself and go to sleep to myself. And I'm not bothered by a husband, a dog, a cat, emails. <laughs> I get to wake up to me. And I can't say I care a lot about traveling. This year, I would say I chose a very mellow option to celebrate my birthday. I had decided to get a hotel for two nights in D.C., that is just a block away from the Museum of the Bible. I actually went to the Museum of the Bible back in September, but I felt like I just didn't have enough time to be there. I only spent three hours there. And I don't know if I sound super nerdy right now for saying that. I think for some people, you might think three hours is way too long in a museum. But I think the older I get, the more... I appreciate just being in museums and just taking everything in. I imagine the way that someone would appreciate an art gallery, just going somewhere and just staring at, in my case, not art, but looking at a history and how nonprofits and organizations come together to put together these incredible exhibits, whether they're permanent exhibits or special exhibits for a short time. I just find it so fascinating. And I think that <clears throat> this birthday affirms to me that moving forward, I will probably <laughs> go to museums for my birthday. Because last year, I decided to get a massage. And, and then I went to Bush Gardens over here in Virginia. And it was great. And, and I had dinner. I, I had dinner at a restaurant. And this year, I didn't want to do any of that. <laughs> I think the best self-care for me this year, at least, was to just, if I'm not at the museum all day, which I was there from opening till closing, but if I wasn't there, I'm just chilling in my hotel. I brought my own cooler, brought my own food. I brought everything I need to be happy in my own little space. And... It's all I need. I'm not the kind of traveler that wants to explore restaurants 
I don't really care about local cuisine in that way, especially because it makes my stomach upset most of the time since I don't eat that food quite often. Um, but I got to say, it's been a great birthday. I've been counting my blessings and just being grateful and present in my life. And now toward the end of the day, I had decided I wanted to give you some context as to where I'm at right now and why I am reading my dad's book. So this is, I think this is part three on my series of talking about my dad. And I think the last episode I was talking about how the impact, what I've been doing with my dad's book since I received it. And again, in case you're hearing this for the first time, one, highly recommend you start at part one so that you understand the context. And two, if this is the first one you're listening to, I am referring to the book that was recently published thanks to the help of the Price of Freedom Foundation, which is a nonprofit that writes the stories of fallen heroes, that being my dad. My dad was enlisted in the military for 18 years. He served as a machinist mate, and his book is titled Silent Soul, the MM1 Alfonso Abdal Amos Story. And it's taken three years, over three years, to make this book possible. I really want to give a shout out to Dennis Schroeder, who is the founder of the Price of Freedom Foundation, for just being so hands-on with my family. Also, Keith Hayden, who wrote this book. He shares his story at the beginning, along with Dennis Schroeder. They introduce themselves before we present the story. It's pretty mind-blowing. Anyway. What I really wanted to get to, so far I'm half, I made it halfway through the book, and I'm, I know this because now I'm going through photos. In the middle of the book, there's just a set of photos that you can look at, and which I think is very clever. I've seen books do this before, but I guess I didn't realize they, they would do this for my dad's book, which is pretty awesome. But either way, it's really interesting to learn about my dad's life because there's genuinely so much that I did not know. And then now I make it to the middle and I see photos of him. And I have to tell you, I lost my dad when I was 10. And I didn't really start grieving about it till I was in my 20s. And in my mid-20s up until a couple years ago, I intensely went through my own grieving healing process. And I'm at a place now where I'm looking at photos of my dad and I don't feel anything. <laughs> I'm looking at him and it's, I know that's him and I don't recognize him. I mean, I understand logically that this is a story about my family history and my dad. And, I, and it's my hope that whoever reads this book will see themselves in it somehow, some way and finish this book better than before they started reading it learning something more about themselves and maybe a little more gratitude for their life. I don't know. I hope that this benefits people. And I'm going to say that it's a good thing that I'm looking at this and I don't feel anything emotionally anymore because I used to. And I think I'm just at a place now where I feel so confident in my life. I feel so confident in my life and my purpose and that I can look at this with great appreciation and I guess pride, pride that 
my dad's uh, story is being remembered. Even if this is just for our family, even if no one else reads it. And I'm grateful, I am grateful to be in this place where I don't fawn over the idea of my dad. There was definitely a time where I felt like he was the only person who could ever offer me undivided emotional attention. And you know what I've come to learn is that one, no one owes that to you. And two, to place your happiness, to, to hold someone else responsible for your happiness in that way, it'll always be disappointing. You're always going to be longing for something that you can't have. And I'm not saying this out of disappointment. I'm saying this out of gratitude that I've learned to find inner happiness and inner strength. As I had spent an entire day at the, Bi at the Museum of the Bible, my inner peace comes from having a heavenly father and having established that relationship with him at such a young age that I can look at my earthly father and be grateful. Just be grateful in knowing that it's because of him and my mom that I exist in this world. And honestly, I hope that you all, if, if you, for whatever reason, decide to listen to these recordings, first of all, thank you. <laughs> these are very impromptu, as you probably have noticed. It's not edited the way that um, holding down the fort is. You are inside the fort and inside the fort is not as put together as outside the fort. <laughs> but yeah, just going through my dad's photos here and just the fawning I used to have for him. Again, I'm not disgusted. I'm not bitter. I'm not even, I'm not anything. I think, and I think that's a good thing. I think that I, at this point in my life, I have really unpacked my childhood so thoroughly in so many different ways. It blows my mind sometimes. Actually, it doesn't blow my mind, but sometimes when I tell people I'm a Gold Star family member, they react. It's never easy to address someone if you know that they're like military affiliated. If someone's a veteran or a military spouse, my case, a Gold Star family member, it's, there's never like a proper way. Yeah, you could say thank you for your service. I'm sorry for your loss, all that. There's often a great sadness. I feel like that washes over people's faces when I tell them I'm a gold star daughter. And I think that they need to, they, I think that they feel like they have to do that. And I don't blame them because if I heard someone pass, my natural reaction is I'm sorry. And then when I really get into the story, I have to remember that some people, most people are hearing his, hearing my dad's story and my family's story for the first time. And that it'll impact them in a certain way. I've had people in the past just message me and say, hey, I've been thinking about you and your family. And I'm just so sad to know, to know what happened to your dad. And, and so what I'm saying is I recognize that my story can impact people in that way. And it's my hope that in knowing me or getting to know me, that you can see that there's life on the other side of death. And it's a pretty good one. <laughs> it's a pretty good one. I'm grateful. I'm grateful for what my dad sacrificed for my family, what he sacrificed for me. I'm looking at these photos and I'm, and I'm also saying that I don't owe him anything either. If there's anything I owe him, it's everything I've already done at this point, which is a whole other episode in itself or could be a whole other recording. <laughs> 
but I can look at this with gratitude. Like I did it. Like I somehow feel like I have closure and acceptance and I can just live my life and just know that this is documented to be of benefit to others. And for that, I'm grateful.